Welcome to the Hopeful Economics Podcast, a ministry of the United Church of Canada, proudly supported by Mission and Service and New Church Ministry of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in the United States and Canada. With an incredible lineup of speakers, you'll dive deep into the relationship between social enterprise and faith. You'll learn about the economic impact of churches and how to pitch your community of faith to form new partnerships. Hopeful Economics is a way of looking at the world of assets in abundance and making them work for everyone. This content originated from the Hopeful Economics Unconference, a virtual event in March of 2021. Mark your calendars for March 3rd and 4th of 2022 to participate in the next Hopeful Economic Unconference. Social Enterprise and Faith. What does social enterprise have to do with communities of faith? This question and others will be answered by Reverend Darnell Funnell, Director of Social Entrepreneurship, National Benevolent Association of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, will explore questions such as, why are we even having this conversation? Why is it important? What impact will it have on the future of the church? And how is this church? Greetings, I'm Reverend Darnell Fennell, the Director of Social Entrepreneurship with the National Benevolent Association a general ministry of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. I'm thrilled to be able to connect with you virtually through the Hopeful Economics Unconference. I'm also excited to be partnering in this conversation uh, literally across borders. I look forward to being able to collaborate in this moment together and to see what emerges through our reflections on the topic, social entrepreneurship and faith. I definitely live in this place every day as a person of faith who thinks about social enterprise, who actively creates social enterprise, and who has the privilege of accompanying individuals who are discerning a call to start social enterprise. As a director of social entrepreneurship, I'm able to work with those who are in the startup phases of creating a social enterprise. These are individuals who sense a calling to respond to something that's going on in their community. And this calling moves them to create. This calling moves them to imagine new possibilities. And I am just honored and privileged to be able to coach, support, and encourage and resource them as they launch into what they feel called to do. We also support organizations that are 10 years or younger through our Incubate program, a program that nurtures and supports young and vulnerable social enterprises, helping them to continue to strengthen their foundation as they scale forward and doing impactful work in their community. One common reality is every one of our social enterprises are rooted in faith. There's a sense of theological call that calls them to respond to what they believe is God's concern in community. As we engage this conversation around faith and social enterprise, wanna open us up by reading a pastor scripture from Luke, where Jesus has just began his ministry. Perhaps we'll say he just began his social enterprise. And as he has left the wilderness where he's fasted and prayed and discerned the call to respond to God's calling in the world. And now he goes to the synagogue in Nazareth and reads these words. It says he went to Nazareth where he began, 
where he had been brought up rather. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found it where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because it has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. God has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. As we began to reflect on the questions around faith and social enterprise, and we began to search scriptures to find out, is this scriptural? Is this something church should be doing? Is this biblical? While there are many biblical witnesses that give light to our calling to be able to respond to the real needs of people around us, to respond to systems of oppression, to respond to those who are being marginalized. Before we look into scripture, I want to highlight that Jesus, a poor Jewish man, reads the scripture, and not only reads the scripture, but says that the scripture is being has been fulfilled in your hearing, which basically means we're not just scripture reading people, but Jesus letting them know that he is embodying that scripture. And I believe social enterprise is that very thing where we are not just finding scriptures, we're not just reading scriptures to be able to uh, show that what we're doing is what God is calling us to do in this moment, but rather we are being the scriptures. And in being the scriptures, I would like to invite us to think not solely on reading the sacred text, the biblical witness, but I would invite us just to pause for a moment. What I'm about to say may be a bit unsettling for some, but I believe that not only do we find a need for social enterprise in the biblical witness, in this sacred text, but I believe if we listen closely to the sacred text of those around us, meaning the lived experiences, it is Anton Boysen, who's the founder of CPE, who invites us to see ourselves, our lives as sacred text. If we listen to the sacred text of those who are being marginalized, the poor single mother who's working full time just to be poor. If we think about the marginalized voices of those who come to America from uh, Latin countries seeking new possibilities, seeking refuge, when we think about LGBTQI individuals who are seeking full protection under the law. When we think about all of the many voices of those who are being marginalized and we listen to their sacred text as their hearts yearn for something more, their hearts yearn for new possibilities, their hearts yearn for a better world, a world that is filled with love, a world 
that works not only for some, but a world that works for everyone. Friends, these are the texts that we must listen to that remind us that social enterprise is what the church should be doing. And if I'm even confessional, what it should have been doing. Some of us may say God is up to something new and I would suggest what we are doing is not new and nor is it new to the paradigm in which God has intended for us to be practitioners of liberation, those who seek to live out the scripture of Isaiah, which Jesus reads, to proclaim the good news to the poor, to set free the prisoners, to restore sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, that this is foundational to the biblical witness. This is even Hebrew Bible, Exodus story, where God has heard the cries of God's people and God raises up someone to respond because God takes seriously the sacred text of people's lives, especially those lives that are on the margins, especially those lives, as Howard Thurman would say, whose backs are against the wall. So is social enterprise important? Yes. It's important because we listen to the sacred texts of our biblical witness and we listen to the sacred text of those who are on the margins. Why is social enterprise and social innovation and church even a conversation? Well, perhaps it's a conversation now in this season as we begin to see uh, a transformation of church, shall I say, versus decline of church. And perhaps this moment is a reminder of what we've always been called to do. And if we look to those who are on the margins, we know that this isn't new. We know that just because a dominant culture, i.e. largely white culture, hasn't done it, doesn't mean it hasn't been done. What do I mean by that? When I think about church and social enterprise, I think about the invisible institution that was birthed on American soil, known as the black church, where folks would gather secretly. They would gather to pray, to sing, to preach, to be together. And from this invisible institution becomes a brick and mortar institution that will work uh, post-slavery and during slavery to build educational institutions to be able to provide economic opportunities to people, to their people who were being oppressed, who did not have access. These were people who knew that God was concerned about their everyday needs. And they took action. They moved, they acted, they didn't see any type of barrier between their faith and their call to be able to work toward a more just and loving world, a world where they too could have a place at the table. This has been done in lots of immigrant communities, faith communities, where they band together to support one another. They band together to organize, to create a transformation within their cities. This has been a part of the fabric of our church for years, but perhaps it's not been a part of the dominant fabric. But in this moment where we're asking ourselves, where do we go next and what should we be doing? Now maybe our calling is to turn our attention to the margins, to the people and persons 
who've been doing this for a long time. So I hope that that helps us to be able to see that, yes, this is a new conversation and it's innovative and exciting and we're seeing new ways it's being done, but the heart of social enterprise, the heart of people responding to uh, the social needs of those on the margins, working uh, to create enterprises, institutions, movements in order to better and or respond and or build something new is not new. So I'm excited that perhaps in this moment, this is a moment of our own reformation. It is said by many scholars that every 500 or so years, the church has to have a garage sale. And they have to decide what they need, what's working for them and what's not working for them. And perhaps we're learning that solely focusing on a, a model that ignores the needs of community, that uses our assets solely for our own congregational good and not for communal good, perhaps is missing the mark to a degree. Perhaps there's in this mist of innovation, like I said before, there's a mist of, there's a sense of confession that maybe we've missed moments when some of us turned a blind eye in American culture to the civil rights movement where a small percentage of even black churches were seeing the civil rights movement as something that they should be getting involved in. There've been other liberation movements, workers' rights movements and LGBT rights movements and immigrant movements. The church sometimes just watched these things happen. And perhaps we missed our invitation to be what we are called to be, which is to be practitioners of liberation, following in the footsteps of Jesus, who reminds us of our call to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the good news. I feel like I've went off a little bit on a, uh, on a, uh, on a move of spirit, as I would say, not a tangent. So I'll get to our next question. The why is this important? It's because we recognize that as long as our brothers and sisters are oppressed, as long as our brothers and sisters go without, that there's always a call for social enterprise. There is always a call for church to imagine new possibilities, not from a simply a charity model, but our model is that we uh, hear the cries of God's children. We commune and get to learn or what are the needs? And then we together, both church and those we seek to serve through social enterprise, through innovation, respond in such a way that we are able to bring change and transformation. And not simply uh, the change that is not systemic, but we come to bring systemic change and transformation that we don't have to continue to work for those same issues, that we can move on to other issues until that day where we live into the prayer. Jesus prayed when he said, God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. That reality, friends, does not happen until we began to dismantle systems, where we began to, to rethink how we use our assets, how we use our buildings, what we put our attention toward, that our attention is for liberation our attention should always be geared toward transformation, dismantling of systems that harm people, 
all people. What is the what impact will this have on the future of church? Well, this is an opportunity for the church to not only have a moment of repentance, but to have a moment of repairing, recognizing that somewhere along the way we have allowed ourselves in some ways, and this is not a total critique, but this is something that we must be mindful of, that we have allowed ourselves in some ways to lose sight of the call to be practitioners of liberation. And if we had not lose that if we had not lost that sight, then the question of why is social enterprise and social innovation in church even a conversation wouldn't be a conversation. We wouldn't have to uh, convince and show uh, individuals who are persons of faith, of the Christian faith, why this is important. While there is grace that we're all growing in, in our understanding of uh, what it means to be faithful followers of Jesus, I would say that if we are struggling to have our larger church understand the importance of creating a social impact in the world, and that is central to our calling of being the church, if we are struggling to help people see the relevance of social innovation and, and being involved in community and organizing and being creative, that we can uh, do this for the sake of the least of these. If we're struggling with people understanding this, then that, my friends, is somewhat of a indictment, if I may say, on how we may have lost ourselves along the way. So, so perhaps this is a moment that as new as it feels, as fresh as it feels, as exciting as it feels, perhaps it's a moment of us recentering ourselves, that the future of church will always have a DNA, no matter how one worships, whether they listen to uh, contemporary music, gospel music, no music at all, that no matter where they may worship, whether in a coffee shop or in a bar or in a traditional sanctuary, that church and social impact, church and responding to the needs of those who's, who are on the margins, church and justice, church and liberation, church and transformation will always be seen together. That that is the future impact that this could have on the church, that we could see ourselves new, that we can begin to follow more faithfully in the footsteps of Jesus who showed us the way. So friends, this is what it means to be the church. It is to respond to those voices, those individuals who are being oppressed. And we see that most clearly, as it was said by my colleague Lauren, through the life and ministry of Jesus, that we see our way forward to be practitioners of that same radical love that leads to liberation. Social enterprise and faith is not new. It's been a part of our tradition ever since that burning bush moment where some man named Moses heard God call out and say, Moses, Moses, I've heard the cries of my people. And there's a moment right now where God is calling us all as a collective church, 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 church. I've heard the cries of my people. 
And I'm raising up social entrepreneurs, pastors, clergy, leaders, lay leaders to respond. May it be so. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hopeful Economics Podcast, a ministry of the United Church of Canada, proudly supported by Mission and Service, and New Church Ministry of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in the United States and Canada. The Hopeful Economics Podcast is produced by Resonate Media. In the spirit of the unconference, we'd love to invite you into the conversation. Subscribe, review, and comment on our social media channels. A special thank you to those that partnered to make the Hopeful Economics possible. 1001 Worshiping Communities, Alterna, by Social, Faith and Finance, Metcalf Foundation, United Church of Christ, Rooted Good, Toronto Neighborhood Centers, Community Innovation Hub, and learn about Resonate Media at ResonateMediaPro.com. Thanks for listening and continue to share the blessings of health and wealth with everyone.